My name is Josh. I'm Jamie. I welcome to the Constitution Two Keys podcast where we talk about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we're gonna to talk about everything from this year's Oscar nominations to the official trailer for the remake to Roadhouse and so much more. Yeah, and also feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Compo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email for anything with this episode or for previous episodes, our emails at conversation with two geeks at gmail.com. You can find back catalog on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or podcast to listen to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm okay as well. This is the first full week I've been back in LA, and I'm, I'd say I'm I'm happy to be back. I feel I feel that. Yeah. Mm. All right, moving on to our first topic of the day, we got the nominations for the '96 um, Academy Awards have been revealed, um, with the ceremonies to be held on Sunday, May 10th. Also, uh, we're taking this list from BADC.com, and also this is not all list of all the nominations, but rather just some of the major ones. So kind of some of your Golden Globes and all the other awards coverage, we're not going to talk about every single one, but we're going to at least talk about at least some of the big ones. Best Picture, we got American Fiction, Anatomy of Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, uh, past Lives, Poor Things, and a Zone of Interest for Best Director. We got Justine Triette for Anatomy of Fall, Marge Garcetti for Killer of Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lefthamos for Poor Things, and John McGlazer for The Zone of Interest. Best Original Screenplay. We got Anatomy of Fall. Uh, we got The Holdovers. We got Maestro. We got May December. And then we got Past Life for Best Adapted Screenplay. We got American Fiction. We got American Fiction. Barbie. Oppenheimer. Poor Things. For Best Adapted Screenplay, we got American Fiction. Uh, Barbie. Oppenheimer. Poor Things. And The Zone of Interest. For Best Actor, we got Bradley Cooper for Maestro, Coleman Domingo for Rustin, Al Giamatti for Holdovers, Killian Murphy for Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright for American Fiction. For Best Supporting Actor, we got Sterling K. Brown for American Fiction, Robert De Niro for Kills of the Five Moon, Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling for Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. For Best Actress, we got Annette Bay for Nyad, Lily Gladstone for Kills of the Five Moon, Sandra uh, Hiller for, Killer, for Anatomy of the Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro, and Emma Stone for Poor Things. Uh, Best Supporting Actress, we got Emily Blunt for Oppenheimer, Daniel Brooks for The Clay Purple, America Fiera for Barbie, Jenny Foster for Nyad, and Divine Joey Ra- uh, Randolph for The Holdovers. And for Best Animated Feature, we got The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Robot Dreams, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So, I have some thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, mainly, uh, okay. Um, now, this discourse has been around all week and stuff, so if you've been hearing about it, then you then you know. But uh, why was Greta stumped? I don't know. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, like if you're going to be nominated for Best Picture, most likely you're going to be nominated for Best Director, and it just doesn't make sense. Also, mm-hmm. Margot was snobbed. Yeah. <sighs> like, I don't know. It's weird. Like, I think Margo, like, okay, I'm very behind in all this, so I don't have a ton of thoughts, but I've seen Barbie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just ironic that the whole movie, the whole thesis of the movie 
and the male supporting actor got nominated, but the lead actress did not. Yeah. Like, that's, like, an antithesis of it. And, like, was... Like, I enjoyed Barbie. I think it was a lot of fun, and it was a good... Was it the most perfect movie ever? No. Mm -hmm. But it was fun. It was enjoyable. And Margot Robbie was good. Did she give, like, the best performance of a lifetime? Probably not. Mm -hmm. And do I think that Ryan was a little bit better? I think he was funnier. I think Mm -hmm. he stood out just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. That's no offense to Margot Robbie. She did a fantastic job, mm-hmm. and I, and um, and she was great, and she was she was perfect as stereotypical Barbie. Mm-hmm. That like she was perfect, but I don't know. Like I get Margot, I kind of get Margot not being nominated mm-hmm. in a way, and like. I think Greta should have been nominated because I think if you get Best Picture, the director mm-hmm. and writer should be nominated. Mm-hmm. And but in the respective category. So it yeah. is weird. I find that more weird than Margo not getting nominated. Yeah. Um, but I don't like, I haven't seen some of this other movies. So I don't really have, I, I still haven't seen Oppenheimer. I'm going to wait till it comes out on the streaming thing because it's supposed to drop on Peacock pretty soon. Yeah, I think sometime I think sometime within the next couple few weeks. I think it's in February. Yeah, so it's soon. Okay. Um and so there's there's I don't know, it's just weird. And yeah. America Ferrera being nominated for Best Supporting is also interesting. I didn't mm-hmm. even realize she was up for a nomination for it. But and like I enjoyed her part. I think she was, mm-hmm. it was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think her her monologue at near the towards like the middle end of the movie was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And like I recently rewatched um, the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants movies. Like um, <laughs> those movies are fun. I remember I those heard- movies very vividly. They're they're enjoyable, and it was just a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just weird. I that's the biggest weirdness for me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty surprising. Yeah, but yeah. I no. don't think Barbie's gonna win Best Picture, unfortunately. I I'm with you as well. I think that's gonna. Go I to don't think so. I think it's gonna get either. Yeah, I think it's gonna be Oppenheimer. Yeah, I think Oppenheimer's gonna sweep. Um, that being said, I mean, like, as much as I'm, like, perplexed by the whole Barbie thing, which says, which says a lot, and by the way, like, Ryan and God, like, Ryan and America getting nominated were, I think that's easily justified, justifiable. It just doesn't make, like, logical sense if we think about it. But, like, in terms of everyone else, I mean, uh, I, I, I need to talk to Maestro, because while I haven't seen Maestro, I'm just, like, why the fuck was this movie not? Why the fuck was this movie nominated? Just, yeah. I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I would have, I don't know. I would have put something like the Iron Claw or the Pearl of Purple. I know they robbed. I don't know if Iron Claw just came out too late to be on this run because it just came out not too long ago. Yeah, no, and like all the critics, the at least the critics I know, and so and it's, it's got rave reviews. Everybody said it's fantastic. 
So now if it if it missed like a cutoff point for being in this nomination group, mm. okay, that it should be in next year's if it if if they did, I don't know if they did or not, but like I'm really surprised. Iron Claw is like the surprising miss that they they got like nothing. It's yeah, pretty shocking. Yeah, no, I think it's because of a twenty four, a twenty four. So from what I understand, apparently, like past life was test screened and stuff last year, well, mm-hmm. rather than twenty two, and then they, but I guess they pushed it up to twenty three. I don't know why, but like I feel like them trying to juggle two films really kind of hurt them in terms of like the press would be like. The four-year consideration campaign, because mm-hmm. like, well, well, because while Past Lives was able to get some stuff, it also missed out on some stuff. Mm-hmm. So like, it so like, yeah, no, it's just it, it's it's a mess. And then also like, Best Director is still a bit more of a sausage fest. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like yeah. I like it's just I, I know I know we got just just Tria, and I'm not trying to discount her, although. Full disclosure, I haven't seen Anatomy of a Fall yet, so, like, mm-hmm. I, I can't really say about it, but, like, if, if we're going by everything else, then, then, like, it is kind of still considered a sausage fest and stuff, and I just, I'm just like, really, guys? Really? Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Yeah. As for everything else, like, the acting stuff, um, pretty, pretty standard and stuff. I do think, I do think, let, let's be frank here, I think Lily Gladstone's gonna win best, best, Best actress, like just her performance alone in Kill to Fire Moon was just amazing, and just yeah, she's she she's gonna win, she's gonna win, and then and then for best anime feature, I have a question about that because like um because Robot Dreams, well okay, so I had a question about when the news first hit, I saw Robot Dreams on it, and Robot Dreams um doesn't know because I don't think we covered it and stuff, but like. It's a Spain. It's a movie from Spain. Um, about like um, what if like pets were like anamorphosized and stuff. And it's a silent movie from what I've been able to gather. But um, but uh, yeah. So I saw it, and I and I know Neon it has the distribution rights with the North America side of things, and I believe it's supposed to come out this year. But apparently, in Spain, interna- and internationally, it has already come out. So I was kind of like. Surprised because, like, I was expecting it to be like, wait, isn't there a movie coming out this year? And then, like, I re- I did some more research and stuff, and it's like, oh, it's supposed to come out. It already came out internationally. Also, what one? Namona. Oh, yeah. I'm so happy. I'm so happy you got nominated. That's awesome. Because that, that, that is like just the massive, big, huge F you to the mouse. <laughs> I mean, I know the mouse got an elemental and stuff, but yeah. Although I, I will say, Spider Verse getting relegated to, um, getting relegated to best anime feature was, like again, I would have replaced Maestro with some with. Add that add that to the movies I would have replaced list. Mm-hmm. So like either Iron Claw, Color Purple, or Spider Verse. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. We got an official trailer for Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender. Because this reads, water, earth, fire, air. The four nations once lived in harmony with the Avatar, master of all four elements, keeping peace between them. But then everything changed when the fire nation attacked and wiped out the air nomads. The first step taken by the firebenders towards conquering the world. 
With the current incarnation of the Avatar yet to emerge, the world has lost hope. But a light in the darkness, darkness, uh, but like light in the dark in the darkness, hope springs forth when Aang, played by Gordon Kamir, a young air nomad, and the last of Sky reawakens to take his rightful place as the next Avatar. Alongside his newfound friends, Sokka, played by Ian Owsley, and Katara, played by uh Kiyento. Uh, siblings and members of the Southern Water Tribe, Aang embarks on a fantastical action-packed quest to save the world and fight back, back against the fearsome onslaught of the Fire Lordos, like played by Tegel Daycam. But when a driven crown Prince Zuka, played by Dallas Liu, uh, determined to capture them, uh, it won't be an easy task. They'll need help, help of the many allies and colorful characters they meet along the way. In addition to Khmer, Caliento, Osley, they Kim and Liu, the show stars uh, Paul Sung Ying, um, Sun Hung Lee as Iroh, Elizabeth Yu as Zula, and Kim, Kim Leon, Leon as Commander Zhao, among other series set to drop on Netflix for Booker 22nd. I I have seen this trailer half a dozen times. And I, uh, again, also, and yeah, I've seen this trailer half a dozen times, and I'm so excited. Um, just a shout out to, um, so as I mentioned kind of earlier, if you see my previous coverage on this, I actually met one of the writers on the picket line during the strikes, uh, Christina Boylan, who's previously worked on shows like Poker Face and The Punisher. And I, I just want to give a special shout out to her and to the showrunner, Albert, Albert Liam, because like what they have so far is really fucking good. Yeah, it looks, I really like the trailer. Um, I think it, I, I think it's gonna be good. I, I definitely think it's gonna be better than the that shall not be named, but yeah. Um yeah, it, it looks it looks pretty good, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. I'm no. pretty excited. The I, effects look good, the bending looks good. Mm-hmm. Um and I yeah, so I'm pretty excited to see how how it goes. Yeah. Also Momo. Momo's cute. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I really, yeah, no, I'm, I'm really, I'm really doing trailer and stuff, and also like we're gonna get the spirits and stuff, and that's gonna be creepy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh lord. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. I just the nightmare fuel on some of those spirits. Mm-hmm. Especially like that's disturbing in the animated series. Yeah. I'm just imagining how it's gonna be for the show, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this, and like. Oh God! Next month can't come soon enough. Oh God! We have a month left. It's soon though. It's less than a month away. So yeah, no. I'm just, I'm just trying not to get like too hyped for this. Yeah, but, it's gonna be a tough task to like fully be able to pull it off. But I think though, I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too excited though. But the trailer, yeah. the trailer is good so i think i think mm-hmm. overall it will be a pretty good thing adaptation yeah so. yeah no I'm, I'm really looking forward to his stuff but yeah no i'm yeah anyways anyways moving on to our next topic and going back to animation and surprisingly enough the con- okay the connection between this and like the last topic is just funny because dave filoni used to work on that avatar before he got uh, snatched, before he got snatched away to do Clone Wars. Oh, really? That's hilarious. Yeah, I know. He was he directed some of the first season episodes. Nice. Yeah. So like that actually makes a lot of sense now that you said that. That mm-hmm. tracks. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and he even tracks with this show, which is the bad. We got an official show for the Bad Batch season three. The Simpsons means an epic final season. The Star Wars, the Bad Batch, the Batch will have to face their limits tested in the fight to reunite with Omega as she faces challenges, challenges of her own inside a remote Imperial science lab. With the group fracture and facing threats in all directions, they will have to seek out unexpected allies, embark on dangerous missions, and muster everything they have learned to free themselves from the Empire. Starring the voices of D. Bradley Baker, uh, Michelle Yang, uh, Keisha Castle-Hughes, Jimmy Simpson, Noshar Delali, and Wanda Sykes. The series is set to return on February 21st with a three-episode premiere on Disney+. Plus. So I know you don't watch Bad Bath, but I, I do, and I gotta stay. Them bringing in Asan Ventress made me lose my shit. That's like, cool. Because, like, I, because, like, okay, so for context, she, um, like, one of the, before the show got canceled by Cartoon Network, one of the arcs that was supposed to happen was that she was supposed to, um, and they did a whole book on this, but called Dark Disciple, but, like, she was supposed to fall in love with another Jedi, Jedi and stuff, and supposed to turn good and stuff. And then I think she dies, but like dies in the book. But I, I guess there must be something in between that and stuff. And I, I don't. I'm very much interested to see what they have in store for her. But either way, Asan Ventress. I, mm, I don't know how much Clone Wars. Have you seen how much of Clone Wars have you seen? Just cu- out of curiosity, just pieces, not very much. Okay, just clips and stuff. I, I haven't seen a lot of the animated Star Wars stuff. Um, mm. to be honest, there's. Mm. And um, the new Disney plushes have been. I haven't seen it. I don't. I've seen obviously I've seen Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I've started Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and saw the Obi Wan. So like, like I've been in and out with a lot of. And there's been a lot of Star Wars content over the years. So like I haven't caught up with everything. That's for um, sure. I've heard good things about Clone Wars. I've heard good things about Rebels. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had time to watch them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, but Ventress, Ventress was like one of the characters that like was very interesting about Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, and I I remember her very vividly because she was also in this Ginny Tardofsky version of Clone Wars, which I believe is non-canon. Uh-huh. But like, Anna, it was just very interesting. So, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. Exclusive from THR reports that screen test for the role of Cars or L, aka Supergirl, it's Supergirl. Her woman of tomorrow took place Tuesday with the field now field now narrowed to two actresses, Game of Thrones star Millie Alcock and Meg Donnelly. Reportedly, the actresses were tested in Atlanta with studio DC studio bosses James Gunn and Peter Safran were both in attendance. So it looks like it's either going to be Millie Alcott and Meg Donnelly. And a lot of people are expecting Meg Donnelly mainly because Gunn kind of likes to take the safe choice, but also like, um. I also wouldn't be surprised if her voice acting. I I think her voice acting credentials definitely is gonna give her the leg up. Mm-hmm. Cause like yeah, cause like yeah, no, it, it's it, it's perfect. It's perfect. Like we already have some of the voices of the character in animation mm-hmm. and stuff. No, right? it's. I think it. Yeah, I think. Um, I don't know too much about like. Um, I, yeah, I think she has a leg up. If she's already have some. The voice acting and has some attachment to the character already, and already has a good understanding of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I think that's that'll be pretty cool. So I think we should expect probably an official announcement pretty soon, because I'm assuming they want to put her maybe in like an end credit scene or something for mm-hmm. Superman Legacy. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that's why she's getting cast right now, 
because they could probably film a quick like post credit mm. scene or something with her um to yep. kind of get people hyped for her movie mm -hmm. um but yeah i mean that's pretty cool yeah pretty cool yep 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 it's coming together we may actually get a super cool movie which is exciting yay yeah i'm excited for it yeah uh, I I I know you are. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Anyway, you know what? Anyway, moving on to our next topic, and something that I'm just like, yeah, I told you off air about this, but like, I'm just like, why? Yep. Uh, wait a deadline. A new Jurassic World movie, a complete reboot, is being fast tracked at Universal with the franchise original Park screenwriter uh, David Kelp set to write it. Uh, the report states that the new movie will be a completely fresh take on the Jurassic era with Jurassic World. Catherine's Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard not yet to return, nor the trilogy's original trilogy thespians, Jacob and Laura Dirt and Sam Neill. Okay, I look, I'll be fully honest. After the last trilogy, I'm just like, stop being stop resurrecting dinosaurs and being it with a dead horse. Like the and first then oh. the last one not do good. I remember the first one that they did, the original Jurassic World, mm -hmm. people really liked. Mm -hmm. I did too. I thought it was fun. Yeah. Um, but that should have been it. I don't even think I saw the last one to be honest with you. I had no interest in seeing it. Yeah, no, I had no like, interest as well. Like I just like I I've been so done with this franchise. I've been done with this franchise since Fallen Kingdom, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Like just just <laughs> listen to listen to Ian Malcolm. I know. I don't know. I just I don't know. It, it's just it, it's just being beat with a dead horse at this point. But mm -hmm. but I, I I digress. I mean, last one I think still made a billion. Okay, that's so, probably why they're making it. If it makes money, yeah. Plus, we still got like several attractions and stuff, so we gotta mm -hmm. always use material for that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I'm just I'm just done. I've been done with this franchise for a while, but now I'm just like completely done. Yeah, I feel, I feel. Yeah, hell, even I'll be fully honest. Like the first, like the first original one was like perfect, and then the sequels came out, and I didn't really like either. I didn't even like. I don't. I'm not a big fan of either two or three. Well, it was fine, yeah. but like one is the only one I remember seeing, and I enjoyed one, mm -hmm. the first one. I don't even. I don't. I did not like the second one. It was confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then. I didn't see the third one, so I don't really. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, no, and also like the original, the original third one, by the way, like that had a weird sequence where dinosaurs is like Alan. Mm. I I remember that very vividly, and I'm just like, oh my god. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, exclusive from Denline reports that Sony, Warner Bros., and Universal are battling out for a deal that will allow Black Panther director Ryan Coogler to start production on. This summer on his next project, an untitled genre thriller that is set to reunite him and star Michael B. Jordan. Reportedly, Kugler's script is a period is a period genre film that is true star vehicle for Jordan with the budget for the film's being set at 90 million. That's why studios like Netflix are not in the mix, but according to report, because filmmakers are insistent upon a full-blown the theatrical play. So um, we didn't really report on this, but last week it was announced that um uh Ryan Kugler's next project is gonna be a vampire picture. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, yeah, and like I just, yeah, and he's reuniting with his buddy Michael B. Jordan, and I'm just, yeah, 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm very much interested because like it does seem like he's taking a break. He still involved with Marvel stuff, but like I'm glad he's taking a bit of a break. Just just mm -hmm. to get outside and flex his wings a bit. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Also, it's just like it's a vampire picture. That's funny. Especially with Blade going on right now. And I'm just like, did you pick something for Blade? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like and then or got at least got like the inspiration book, like, oh, vampires, that's cool. Let's try to do something like that. I don't yeah. know. Or it could yeah, maybe. Or it could be an overlord situation. But like, I don't know. I'm I'm very much into this news. Also, 90 million sounds like a good budget price. Like it's not too yeah. big, but also not too small. Yeah, it sounds like a good middle ground, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I know. Either way, I'm I'm happy with this. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, our second to last topic. We got an official teaser trailer for Hitman. Uh, Substance series inspired by an unbelievable true story. A hitman meets his match in a client who steals his heart and ignites a power key of deception, delight, and mixed up identities. Co written and directed by Link Richard Linklater and starring Glenn Powell, who also wrote the script with Linklater and Adriana Arjona. Uh, the film is slated to drop on Netflix June 7th. So, I, I've been hearing about this movie for about a while now, mainly because it played at the festival circuit last year. And I'm, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit disappointed that Netflix bought this. Because from what mm -hmm. I heard and what I understand, like this would have made a great theatrical re release. And also, I'm also just like, apart from me, it's also just like Netflix, you are leaving money on the table, especially with Glenn Powell, who was just in. Um, um, yeah, he was and, just and, in something. Yeah, any anyone but you. I haven't seen it, but I've I've heard mixed things. But that one just made over, just crossed the hundred million dollar mark. Mm -hmm. I think it was made like on a twenty five million dollar budget. Oh wow! Okay. And given how this trailer kind of is, which is basically, it, it's a, it's a kind of romantic comedy, but with like Hitman mm -hmm. and like, and I'm just like, God damn, you're leaving money on the table, like, yeah, like I don't know, maybe take the route Amazon it, Amazon's doing, but like I also, and actually that kind of sexually into our last topic, but like, maybe not exactly, but I don't know, I don't know, I, I don't know, but. Concerning our next topic, actually, this one's going to be a bit long, but, like, there's a whole thing to it. Uh, but anyway, moving on to our next topic, next and last topic, uh, we got an official trailer for Roadhouse, the Sausage Streets, and it's a adrenaline field reimagining of the 80s cult classic ex-UFC fighter Dalton, played by Jake Gyllenhaal, takes a job as a bouncer at a Florida Keys Roadhouse, only discovering that this par paradise is not what it seems. Directed by Doug Lyman and written by the nice guy's co-writer... Anthony Bagazora and uh, Chuck Bondry. The film stars Joan Hall, Daniel McClear, um, Billy Maz Billy Magazine, Jessica Williams, Joaquin Delamita, uh, Carter McGregor, uh, Lucas Gage, uh, Toro Castro, BK Cannon, Bill Nat, Dar uh, Darren Barnett, and uh, Dom uh, Dominique Columbus. The film is set to be released on March 21st. Now, in an op-ed, now, this was, this was yesterday, the day before the trailer was released, an opera from Deadline, Doug Lyman revealed that he will not be attending the South by Southwest premiere of his upcoming remake, Roadhouse, stating that uh, when Roadhouse opens the South by Southwest Home Festival, I won't be attending. The movie is fantastic, maybe my best, and I'm sure it will bring the house down and possibly have the audience dancing in their seats during the end credits. But I will not be there. He continues saying, My plan is to silently protest Amazon's decision to stream the movie so clear made for the big three, but Amazon is hurting way more than just me and my film. If I don't speak up about Amazon, who will? So here we go. Lyman elaborates saying that the facts, 
I signed up to make a theatrical motion picture for MGM. Amazon bought MGM. Amazon said, said, make a great film and we'll see what happens. I made a great film. He goes on to say, if we don't, by the way, this isn't the exact all time thing. This is more excerpt from it, but I highly recommend folks go read the entire thing. But if we don't put any temple movies in movie theaters, there won't be any movie theaters in the future. Movies like Roadhouse, people um, actually want to see on the big screen and it was made for the big screen. Without movie theaters, we won't have the commercial box office hits that are local movies that allow studios to take gambles on original movies and new directors. Without movie theaters, we won't have movie stars. After that, Lyman says, I'm not a host of streaming movies. I made one of Amazon's first original movies for streaming, and during the pandemic, I sold, sold a streaming movie to Warner Brothers. I'm currently making instigators for Apple, but I'm opposed to Amazon gutting MGM and its theatrical business as I would have had Jeff Bezos bought the Washington Post and then got its newsroom. He did the opposite. Finally, the director concludes the opposite, saying that the reality is that there may not be a human villain in this story. It may simply be an Amazon computer algorithm. Amazon will sell more toasters if it has more subscribers. It'll have more subscribers if it doesn't have to compete with movie theaters. A computer could come up with that elegant solution as easily as it could solve global warming by killing all humans. But a computer doesn't know what it's like to share the experience of laughter, cheering, and crying with a packed audience in a dark theater. And if Amazon has their has its way, future audience won't won't know either. So this was interesting because I did not expect this. I know there had been rumblings that um, Lyman wasn't happy with oh, the fact how Amazon was kind of treating its movie. Movie, which, by the way, um, just to talk about the trailer real quick, I haven't. So I've seen bits and pieces of the original, um, but uh, I, I will say this does look. It looks interesting. I, I need to see how the full thing kind of plays out because I feel like there's a part of it, part of it where basically it's kind of. I'm not saying it's it's a little all over the place. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. I didn't, I don't know. It felt, like you said, a little bit all over the place. A little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe a little bit too convoluted. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, maybe maybe the final film kind of streamlines that. But, but yeah, no. Like, But either way, I do get where alignment is coming from. Because there is a lot of stuff. Like, for example, I just mentioned Hitman. And how I feel like that should have been a theatrical release. Mm-hmm. And he does have a and he does have a point about it where basically like there should be a reality where streaming movies and theatrical movies do exist, but unfortunately, and this is the main difference between Netflix and Amazon and how they and how they treat their streaming movies is that Amazon is at least willing to air something like Air or Saltburn, which are prestige movies. Prestige mm-hmm. movies, those are movies, whereas like something like, for example, Roadhouse, which will probably not be prestige at all, gets dumped to streaming, which I think is unfair. Yeah, like, like if you're gonna release it, if it's gonna, if it, if your movie is made for the big screen, it should be released on the big screen. Yep. So, I, I mean, I agree. Mm-hmm. I it, think his last little comment of Amazon using algorithms and stuff, and like relying on that kind of data, and that's how Amazon's making this hit their decisions, and then not having taken into a the like the human element mm-hmm. into into effect. Mm-hmm. It's not just an Amazon problem. It's these corporations all over the place. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, no, and I do wonder if there's if like Amazon's gonna maybe rethink their approach to this because like because like people now are pissed and like and like the fact that like a director is like literally boycotting his own movie and not and not, sad. It, it's sad, but like it's also just. I don't know this is the first big director that has like said something fully against streaming movies, or just the way how the way how like these companies practice this this model. But 
Yep. But I digress. And Maybe. and maybe I don't know. Like we'll have to see. I saw um a clip of Matt Damon was on the Hot Ones mm. a while ago, and he had a clip about why movie theaters don't make certain movies anymore, or movie mm. studios. I mean, mm-hmm. and he's explaining it, and um, streaming has really. It's been a blessing and it's been a curse mm-hmm. for it because it it has made it's had forced movie companies and movie production companies to re-strategize what, what movies they want to make. And mm-hmm. um I'd have to find the clip, but it it was it was interesting and it gives maybe not a complete insight, but a small insight into what how streaming has affected Mm-hmm. maybe business so yeah no, yeah no, I, I remember that clip very vividly and stuff and he does that david has an exact point about that and i think he's on the money about that yep and stuff but yeah no it it's i'm decided to go into this business yeah i know <laughs> anyway moving on to our recommendations for the week uh do you have anything before i go Cause I only got like one thing. Oh, I've been keeping up with the Percy Jackson show. Oh. Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I like the new episode. It I like the I like the new episode as well. The production design on that, like it kind of reminded me a bit of Sandman. Hmm. On Netflix with Sandman, Sandman series, but like I, I really dug that, and also just Virginia Cole, who plays Percy's mother. She's so good. She's she's really good. I enjoy her a lot. Mm-hmm. And her her scene at near the end, I won't spoil it, but her mm-hmm. scene at the end in, at the little restaurant bar place where she's at mm-hmm. was honestly was really well done. Mm-hmm. And I know I heard it was not in the books and I think it was a scene that helped add some context into mm-hmm. stuff. And so um I I enjoyed it. Yeah, I know, and and it fleshes her character out a bit more, and like I really just, you know, she's she's great. Uh, she's an amazing actress and stuff. She, and, she's really good. Yeah, I know. And then also, um, I will say, if I had any nitpicks, I was expecting this to be the fight. I was expecting it to be the episode where, like, the um, I'll just say it right now, where the certain twist kind of comes. Yeah, I was expecting it to be to, to be this episode, but I guess they're saving it for next episode. Also, I was also expecting like the Ares versus uh Piercy Sword fight to be in this episode. It looks like it's next week. Yeah. Which because next... um, I, I saw they always have a little preview mm-hmm. after the credits or right after the episode ends. Mm-hmm. Um it looks like the Ares Percy fight is next episode. And I'm assuming they're gonna end the season with the twist cliffhanger kind of thing. And mm-hmm. like that's what I'm assuming. So. Yeah, no, yeah, no. I, I will say next episode's probably gonna be a very long episode. Like I'm expecting to be like at least like because most of these episodes like run at least 35 plus. Like at most and this yeah. is without the credits. I'm really hoping this this next one is like at least like 45 minutes. It needs to be. Yeah, no, def- the pay I really I really hope because I'm pretty sure they're gonna get a season two. Mm-hmm. I hope that they work on because I think the thing that really hurt this show is the pacing. Mm-hmm. The pacing has kind of been wonky for me, at yeah. least. Yeah, and, I know. Um, mm-hmm. so I hope that like 
I think that those 30 minute episodes really have hurt the pacing. Mm-hmm. For, at least for me, because I need more, like, I don't, it's not that I needed more, it's just it was off. Yeah, no. I and feel like they need more time to flesh stuff out, and they're not giving that time for whatever reason. Yeah, no, I, hopefully for next season, the, the episodes will be just 40 minutes, and they'll stop doing those, like, weird commercial break, commercial style breaks. Yeah. Where it just goes to, like, a black screen, and then after the black, few, yeah. Yeah, because that's also kind of thrown me off as well. I've gotten used to it, but like it really threw me off, especially in the early episodes. Yeah, I think the kids have gotten better though, mm-hmm. so I'm happy about that. But um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, for book creators who don't, I I think I know what the twist is. I'm not sure how it's gonna play out in the show, mm-hmm. but it'll be interesting to see the reaction to that. So yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Anyways, I do have a movie I'm reviewing, and that is The Book of Clarence, and I thought it was really good. Uh, director Jamie uh, Samuel and company recreated the style and feel of a biblical epic, mixed it with some humor, and complete with some nice cinematography by Robert, Rob Hardy, and study production design by uh, Peter Welpo. In addition, Lakeith Stanfield leads a dazzling cast of such a character, filled with standard versions from R.J. Seller, Omar Sy, Alfred Woodward, and Anna Dopper, among others. Overall, The Book of Clarence is a style recreation of the biblical epic, mixed it with humor, and loaded with a dazzling cast led by uh, Stanfield. I definitely recommend checking this out. And yeah, yeah, I believe... Is that it? Yeah, I believe that's it. Right. So feel free to follow us on all our social media platforms. We're on Twitter and TikTok at Convo with Two Geeks. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. And if you want to send us an email of anything from this episode or one of our previous episodes, our email is at Conversation with Two Geeks at gmail.com. Anyways, take care, guys. See you next week. Bye.